Thank you, Master. Would you turn this evening to 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, 1 Corinthians 6. We don't just pass over the word quickly. The word is the main thing here. Amen. We don't just use proof text to support our opinion. (laughs) And I got nobody in mind at all. I'm just, that's not the way to do it. You know, a lot of times people decide what they believe, and then they try to find scripture to support it. Wrong. I said wrong. Go to the scripture. Let it tell you what to believe. If it says something different than what you believe, then you change what you believe. Right? And if you can't find, you know, not just one, a half of a verse the Bible said, let everything, you know, be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. If it's really a Bible teaching and truth, you'll find it in more than one place. And it'll be verified and, and confirmed and repeated. And we have been uh, in these Friday sessions for some weeks now, ministering, teaching on a series we're calling How to Reach Your Physical Goals. Reaching Your Physical Goals. And uh, that's why, you know, Phyllis was talking about testimonies and you heard different people sharing uh, I think I lost about 10 but I got about another 15 to go that I'd like to you know to be be where I'd like to be and there's no reason why all of us shouldn't be where we'd like to be right that's what this whole teaching is about but this is a lot about a lot more than just losing a few pounds or a lot of pounds this is about much more than this and if you haven't been with us then it would help you to hear the previous teachings that have come before this because there's quite a bit has gone on and tapes are available if you would like to get the previous teachings. Let's read in 1 Corinthians 6. Actually, we'll pray again before we read and reverence the word, but then we'll read in 1 Corinthians the 6th chapter and then we'll go over to the 9th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Father, we thank you for sustaining us this week, and we thank you for all your blessings, and we thank you for your holy written word, how precious it is to us. It is life to us. It's health and medicine to all of our flesh. Thank you that through your word, you do enlighten us and quicken us. We ask for everybody, for ears to hear and heart to receive tonight. Let there come revelation of truth that makes free answers to questions, direction, solution to problems. And we'll be not hearers only, but we'll be doers. We'll put it into practice and and do it. And as we do, we know you're faithful to watch over your word and perform it. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Corinthians 6. Are you there? 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 9. He says, Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now, we've talked about this before, but what do all these things have in common? People not controlling their flesh. Right? Not controlling themselves. 
He said, verse 11, and such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Are you an old sinner? No, you were. Let's get it right. Let's get it according to the word. Somebody said, well, we're just old sinners saved by grace. Uh-uh. No. We were old sinners. Now we are washed. And we are sanctified. And we are justified. Amen? Somebody said, well, we're still old sinners. No, I'm not. You can be if you want to be. <laughs> Did you hear me? I said, well, we, we sin every day. You don't have to. I said, you don't have to. Yeah, I've missed it. Yeah, you've missed it. But the very reason you have to repent is because you could have done differently. If you couldn't help it, you shouldn't have to repent. It's not your fault. The very reason you have to repent is because you didn't have to do it. Nobody ever has to sin. Did you hear me? Nobody ever has to sin. The Bible says, you remember 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. He'll not allow you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. What does that mean? Like we read from another translation, there is no irresistible temptation. There is no temptation that's just so big and things just overwhelms you and you just, you know, it was bigger, you know, than you could do. You know, people getting into sexual sin sometimes, they say, it was just bigger than the both of us. What can you do? We just, we fell in love and what can you do? Well, you can control yourself. Simple. You can control yourself. Right? No such thing as somebody that can't control a desire or their mouth, or their fists, or their spending, or their eating. Did you hear me? No, people yield to the flesh. Now, if you yield to the flesh, and just keep yielding, and just keep yielding, and just keep yielding, then you'll get to where you feel like you don't have control. Did you hear me? Because you've trained your flesh to yield to this thing. And you can yield to it so much that when a thought crosses your mind or you smell something or a feeling crosses your body, you just do it without thinking. But I don't care if you've yielded and yielded and yielded. You have the greater one on the inside of you. Amen. And you can be strong. Hallelujah. Now, one thing you need to do to get strong is to be fed spiritually. Amen? Like, for instance, one thing you ought to do is read your chapter every day. Am I right or am I right? Why do you keep saying that, Brother Keith? Because I'm supposed to. Because we still don't have everybody reading their chapter every day. Because I guess they think they're more spiritual than the rest of us. And don't really have to or don't need it. or Like one fellow told me, I read the Bible one time. <laughs> That's ignorant. That's like saying, I ate some bread one time. I ate some meat one time. 
It'd be like you going down through the cafeteria with your tray going, green beans. I had those back in 69. <laughs> Cream corn. I had that in 70. You mean you're never going to eat it again? Well, you're going to starve. Right? No, we eat the same scriptures. Amen? Why? Because they feed us. And they help keep us strong. How does faith come? Comes by hearing and hearing. Not having heard one time, a long time ago. Hearing by the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Feed your spirit. Feed your faith. And that's one reason, one big reason, why some of you have gotten results this year in these areas that you didn't get in 20 years. Why? Because you, your spirit is stronger than it used to be, which means your willpower is stronger than it used to be, which means you got more control of your flesh than you used to have. Amen? Man on the inside is dominating, not the man on the outside, becoming spiritual and not just being carnal, flesh ruled. And that's only going to get better and better and better. If you stay hooked with God. He said. Verse 12. All things are lawful to me. But all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me. But I will not be brought under the power of any. Meats for the belly. Belly for meats. But God shall destroy both it and them. What does that mean? Well all this natural stuff is passing away. Right? Everything down here. So don't get hung up on that. Just don't be brought under the power of it. Now the body is not for fornication. But for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. And God has both raised up the Lord. And will also raise up us. By his own power. How many believe that? How many believe Jesus has been physically. Literally raised from the dead. His body was dead. It was lying in the tomb. But it ain't there. Right? That body has been resurrected and raised from the dead. And he is in that body sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven right now. This this verse said that he's going to raise our body just as surely as he raised his. Glory to God. Isn't that good news? Keep reading. Know you not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Not just your spirit, but your body is a part of Christ. This body. See, some people, you know, kind of leave the idea, well, this old body is contaminated by sin and the curse. And, and, and it really don't, and it don't make that much difference what you do with this body because it's all going to ashes to ashes anyway and good riddance. And then thank God one day we'll get a new body. Uh-uh. No. This body, the one you're in right now. Has been bought and paid for. Amen. And belongs to the Lord Jesus. And this body is going to be raised from the dead. This body. Amen. And is going to be a part of Christ forever. This body. Amen. It's important, this body. And what you do with it's important. It does matter what you do with your body. He said, shall I then take the members of Christ? What's he talking about? Your physical body. And make them the members of an harlot. God forbid. 
What? Know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Run from it. Every sin that a man does is without the body. But he that commits fornication sins against his own body. See, young people. You know, they get involved sexually with their boyfriends and their girlfriends because they don't know the value of their body. And they don't understand. The Bible says you're supposed to possess your vessel in sanctification and honor. Amen? And people say, you know, the boyfriend or the girlfriend says, you think you're too good to sleep with me? Well, basically, yeah. If that's all you know about it and that's all you think about it, there's only one person. You're supposed to be sleeping with, not your spouse. Did you hear me? Somebody says, that's, that's narrow. Yeah, and that's God. That's the Bible. That's right. Right? And like one fellow said, he made them, you know, man and woman, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. It is one man and one woman. Don't you thank God for our president? Oh, glory to God. Keep praying for him and believing with him. A lot of people would be too much of a politician to take the stand that he's taken. Be too concerned about losing support in different camps and losing votes. But I tell you what, God will make it up. Amen. Thank God. We're not against people. We're against error. We're not against people. We're against lies, deception, confusion. Right? I mean, adultery is just as wrong as homosexuality. Did you hear me? Fornication among teenagers, just as wrong as lesbianism. I mean, it's all the same. It's yielding to wrong desires. It's not controlling your flesh. It's all in the same categories. Well, he goes on to say, uh, verse uh, 19, what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Glorify God in your body, is that right? With your body. Go right on over to the 10th chapter. And we'll come back to the 9th, I think, but go to the 10th chapter. On that thought. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Verse 31. Verse 31 of chapter 10. 10:31. He said, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. What, what you do with your body matters. Whether you eat or whether you drink, do all to the glory of God. Brother Hagin said one time a man came to him, wanted to be contentious. He said, you show me in the Bible where it says thou shalt not smoke and I'll quit. <laughs> he said, well, I don't know of a verse that says thou shalt not smoke. He said, that's what I thought. He said, nor does it say thou shalt not snort cocaine, nor does it say thou shalt not shoot heroin. He said, it does say, whatever you do, 
Whether you eat or you drink, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. He said, so this is between you and God. He said, uh, just do this. He said, every time you pull out your cigarette, he said, you light it up and you said, Lord, I'm doing this to your glory. <laughs> and smoke it to the glory of God. Or if you're drinking a fifth of whiskey, you know, same thing. Lord, I'm drinking this uh, Jim Beam or Old Crow or whatever it is to your glory. I'm taking this slug for you. And if you're cool with that in your heart and you think, yeah, yeah, I can do that to the glory of God, that's between you and the Lord, you know. Now, there's a lot of folks who say, well, I, I want to quit this or that, but I, I can't quit saying that. First off, quit saying that. And now if you say, well, I, you know, I like to chew. I like to dip. I like to smoke. Great. Come on to church. We love you. Just don't spit on the floor. I know you can love God and chew. I used to. Back many, many years ago. As a teenager, I tried it out. Turned green. But uh, I loved God. I just doing something that, you know, I figured out later I shouldn't do. And there's a lot of people smoke. That love God. It don't mean you don't love God. And there's people that do. You know things that are illegal. That they in their heart. They love God. Now. uh, You know they may be deceived. And they may be weak. In their spirit. But I understand that. And we. you, You know us. We don't preach against stuff all the time. Right. We preach for something. Right. And if you know somebody and they say, well, I don't want to come to church because I'm doing this or I'm doing that. Tell them, no, no. You heard Brother Keith say specifically, come on. You're doing drugs. This is exactly where you ought to be. Right? Well, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Well, You sure enough need to be here. We love you. We're going to help you. We're not going to condemn you. Amen. So I say, well, I'm still doing it. Okay. Just keep coming. And the main thing is, don't quit God. Stay with God. Right? He knows your heart. He loves you. Amen? And if you'll keep feeding yourself and exercising your faith, you'll get stronger and stronger and stronger. And you get to the place where what seemed like you couldn't do, you can do. Amen? And you'll get free. But it's a shame that people... Run from God. It's a shame. Every Sunday, how many people pass by churches because they feel like they're not good enough to go in? Ah, man, I, you know, fellow like me ought not be in there. You're the very fellow that ought to be in there. Right? Christ died for the ungodly. Right? Ungodly. That's why he came. So anyway, whatever you eat or whatever you drink, whatever you do, do it how? To the glory of God. Amen. In fact. Just turn back a few pages to Romans. The 14th chapter. Just a few pages in my Bible. Romans 14. No I I don't know anywhere where it says. Thou shalt not do meth. Thou shalt not snort cocaine. But it certainly says this. Whatever you do. Do to the glory of God. And it says this. In Romans 14. 
and 23. Romans 14, 23. He that doubts is damned, that means condemned, if he eats, because he eats not, how? Of faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. If you do something doubting, then it's sin to you. What do you mean? I don't know if this is okay or not, or I just feel bad about this. Well, you don't have to have a verse that says, thou shalt not. If your heart bothers you about it, and you go on and do it anyway, to you it is sin. Listen to the other translation. The Amplified says it like this. Whatever is done without a conviction of its approval by God is sinful. Did you hear that? Whatever is done without a conviction of its approval by God is sinful. What what is sin? Sin is displeasing God. Sin is disobeying God. That's what it is. Everything we do, we ought to be checking our heart and checking the word. Lord, does this please you? Does this please you? And if we have the sense in us that it doesn't please him, that's all we ought to have to know. Quit it. Change it. Right? If he's not happy with it, we got no business with it. Right? Every day. It's not about man's rules and do's and don'ts. Not about what everybody else thinks you ought to do with your life. Check your heart every day. Lord, are you pleased with me on this? And and if you live close to him, when you do something that displeases him, you'll know it. You'll know it right on the inside. Your heart will bother you. Well, now, if you go on and keep doing it, you are sinning. Did you hear me? Because you have a conviction in your heart that it displeases God. And if you just push on and keep doing it, don't you get technical and talk about gray areas. To you, it's sin. Right? So what's the objective? To live in such a way that every day, you, as far as you know, God's pleased with what you're doing. Right? As far as you know, everything you're doing, He's happy with. It's acceptable to Him. And you know, some things will adjust as you grow. Looking back on my life, you know, decades ago, I was doing some things that didn't even bother me much. But then after I grew a while, I looked back and thought, man, why was I doing that? You know, but I just, I didn't see it. But I grew and then I realized that didn't please God. And so I changed it. It's not a matter of pleasing your preacher or pleasing your church. It's a matter of pleasing your God. Right? Amen. If you're making him happy, you're certainly okay with me. Now go back to the ninth chapter and let's read this verse. Chapter 9 of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 9, our text that we've read again and again. Verse 27. 1 Corinthians 9, 27 says, But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. I keep my body under control. I keep my body under submission to what? To the man on the inside. To the spirit. Must you control your flesh? Can it cost you if you don't? Even the Apostle Paul said, if I, if I don't control my body, if I don't keep my body under control, it could cause me to become disqualified. Well, that's a serious thing. No, no. How many people? It's sad. I, I know preachers right now. Hadn't been in the ministry for 20 years. Because they didn't control their flesh. They messed up. And now they're too condemned to try to preach or get up in front of people and 
And the thing is, God's forgiven them, but a lot of times people don't forget. Right? And people say, well, you know, I don't care what people think. Well, that's easy to say. But if nobody wants to come across the road to hear you, it will affect your ministry. Right? And not just with preachers, with everybody. Right? If people don't have confidence in you, it will affect you in life. So it's uh, better to just not yield in the first place. We've been talking about this for some weeks. And let me review just a little bit some of the things that we have uh, mentioned. Keys to uh, reaching your physical goals. Number one, we said grace and truth. You know, uh, Phyllis and I were talking a while back on uh, her, you know, reaching her goal. I mean, for years, dear me, years, it was a thorn in her side. I'm telling you, a lot of talking and a lot of praying and a lot of crying for many years about this weight thing. And she's lost 52 or 3 pounds, I mean, dear me, and shaped up and, you know, glory to God. And, uh, you know, we were talking the other day, and she said, you know, how did it happen? Well, there's some things she did, but she said, just the grace of God. And that's the truth. The grace of God. It's not by works. Now, there's some things we can do, but why, why are some people successful and others are not? The grace of God. So he gets the glory, right? Because I'm telling you, you know, it, it, it's not all about your works. I mean, there's people, bless their hearts, that have worked themselves silly and just, you know, struggle and struggle and spend all kind of money and just worse shape than they were before they started. But by the grace of God. You can change things and adjust things and not take us one step forward and four back. Just progress and progress. Everybody say the grace. grace. The grace of God. Grace. That's what you're depending on, not your superior intellect, not your superior grit, not your amazing willpower. Did you hear me? Because that'll, that'll let you down at some point. What are we relying on? What's going to enable us to reach our full Goals, the grace of God. And we said, and truth. Truth is what makes you free. Lies bind you. Believing lies will bind you up. But the truth will make you free. Then also we talked about this. We talked about vision and desire. Do you remember that? Vision and desire. We said you got to see it. You can't just stand in front of the mirror and look at yourself and all you can see is what you are not and what you don't have and what you can't be. You've got to close your eyes and see you looking good. <laughs> close your eyes right now. How do you see yourself? <laughs> see what I mean? You've got to be able to see yourself looking good, trim and fit. Amen? Amen? Good looking, feeling good, able to do what you want to do. You've got to be able to see yourself when you close your eyes, rich, writing big checks. Yeah. Sitting in the service and going, now, Lord, you want me to take care of all of that? Or half of it? 
What do you want me to do? Because you can do it. Huh? Mrs. Wow, wouldn't that be nice? Well, not for you. You ain't there. You got to get to the place where you see it. You can see it happening in your life. You can see it. You might see something different in the mirror, but when you close your eyes, you can see you. Hallelujah. Minus that excess weight. Or if you want to gain some weight, that, that weight that you're looking for, or whatever it is, without that physical problem, without that disability, without that hindrance, without that poverty, you've got to see yourself free from the shackles and chains. You've got to see yourself in victory. If you can't see it, you can't be it. If you can't see you doing it, you'll never do it. It's got a, that's the way faith is. When, when something is you've received by faith, over a period of time, it gets so real to you that when it actually happens, it's not a shock to you. It's not a surprise. You've been living with this for some time. It's real to you. You are expecting it, and you're glad when it happens, but you're not shocked. You're not surprised. You're expecting it. You were looking for it. Amen. Said out loud, if I can see it, I can be it. If I can see it, I can have it. If I can see me doing it, I can do it. There is a law in the scripture. You become what you behold. And we taught on that in some detail. And then we talked about desire. We talked about how that you got to count the cost. You remember that? It's going to cost you something either way you go. And you got to decide what's more important to you. What do I want the most? This second box of Twinkies or a trim waist? <laughs> you got to decide which one do I want the most. you got to make decisions every day. Right? What do I want the most? Right? Do I want to just blow this money on myself or do I want to sow it into the kingdom? Because you can't spend the same money twice. Right? you got to make decisions. Every day you're making decisions. And what you desire the most is going to determine what decision. And decisions determine direction. And direction determines destiny. And that's another message. Now we began talking a couple of sessions ago about faith and patience. You remember that? Faith and patience. And all this has been reviewed. But you know that's how we do was that okay? Huh? Did you want me to skip the review? No. no. Uh, our third area is faith and patience. And we said faith involves action. We read in James where it says faith without works is dead. So when we're talking about faith, we're talking about acting on what you believe. And we talked about acting on changing eating habits. We talked about acting on exercise. It's not a dirty word. Right? Acting on it. Because it's only the doers that get results. I mean, you can talk about, you can go to the gym and watch them exercise every day. <laughs> right? And you can say, I just don't understand it. I've been going to the gym. Every day for three months and I've gained 15 pounds and I'm in worse shape. You say, you go to the gym every day? Every day. 
I stay there two, three hours. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm watching them exercise. Wait, you don't join them? Well, no. Uh-uh. I'm sorry, honey, but it don't come just by osmosis. You, you have to get up there and do something. Amen. You got to move something and do something. <laughs> right? Everybody say doers. doers. Get results. Get results. We have a whole world full of watchers. Don't we? We got, we got a whole world full of watchers. And talkers, but not doers. But we got a church full of doers. We do. It's obvious. You hear all these results? I mean, they didn't just sit in the, in the service and go, glory to God. They didn't just play the tape. What'd they do? Everybody that got results, what'd they do? They did something, they did something different. They made a change. And we said, your body's not the problem. Don't weigh yourself 29 times a day. Don't sit and look in the mirror for three hours at a time. Your body is not the problem. It's never been the problem. It's your lifestyle. Did you hear me? It's your lifestyle. Change your lifestyle and your body will change. Right? It's a fact. Now we could go on with this, but let me... Touch base with something about patience. In James, you remember the scripture? I want you to just turn there and look at it. James, the first chapter. James, chapter 1. He said, uh, verse 2, James 1, 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. And you may... uh, See some different temptations. Endeavoring to lose those uh, last 10 pounds. Right? Or pass up the bottle or the the cigar or the whatever it is. You know, I mean, if it's something you want to quit. Now, if you don't want to quit, then you're not going to. And we're not telling you what to do. But we're talking about for people that are wanting to reach a certain goal. Physically, there is power and grace to do it. And what if you are tempted? Count it all joy. And know this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You know what that means, wanting nothing? That means just right. Perfect. No lack. Right? Let's talk about the physical thing. That means you get to the place where you don't feel like you ought to lose another pound. You're there. You don't feel like you need to get any more fit. You're where you want to be. You're where you think you should maintain. You're there. We don't have to live, friends, day in and day out with the sense that we are living below where we ought to live. We don't have to live like that in any area. We don't have to live like that spiritually. We don't have to live like that physically. We don't have to live like that mentally or emotionally or maritally or with our family or with our bodies. We can be perfect, 
But that doesn't mean without flaw in the natural world. That means complete. And entire what? Fully satisfied. We're there. Right? We're where we wanted to be. We're where we believe to get. We're there. How'd you get there? By grace and, according to this verse, faith and patience. What does patience mean? If it all happened in three days, you wouldn't have to have that word so much in there, would you? If it all happened in two weeks, this P word wouldn't be such a deal, right? But the P word is a deal, right? Because a lot of people start off good. I mean, this spiritual race that you and I are running, it ain't a marathon. Excuse me, it ain't a sprint. I said it wrong. It's not a sprint. It's not a dash. It is a long distance run. And you don't, I mean, a lot of people out of the gate. Whoo, buddy, I'm telling you. A lot of people do nothing, and then they get stirred up in the meeting, and all glory to God. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So they starve themselves, and they try to run 50 miles in a week, and and they they really push themselves, you know. And then six months later, how you doing? Heard you bought that new gym and that, yeah, well, we've been using it to dry clothes, huh? (laughs) Would you like to have it? I heard you bought a membership to the gym. Yeah, I wish I hadn't done that. I hadn't used it. Extreme effort is not what it's about. It's about steadiness. It's about doing something day in, day out. And when people get stirred up, and they're going to read the whole Bible. You know, read the whole New Testament in a week. Now show me that you can read that one chapter every day. All year. Amen. Oh, we're going to pray. Oh, we're going to pray and fast. We're going to fast for 40 days. Are we going to pray? <laughs> well, what are you going to do after that? Did you hear me? It is not through extreme effort in short bursts. That's not where it's at. That's not where it's at. It's over the long haul. Right? It's day in, day out. Week after week. Month after month. Year after year. Keep believing the Word. Speaking the Word. I want to encourage you, friends, like Phyllis was saying. Maybe it's a physical goal. And you thought, well, I I don't think I've lost a pound since this thing started. Don't let that concern you. Right? We never asked you to. We never told you you needed to. And there's no time limit on this thing. Well, Brother Keith, I think I'm in worse financial shape than I was a while back. Yeah, but does that move you? You got to be able to say with the Apostle Paul, none of these things... Move me. This is what I believe. And this is what I'm going to have. Amen. Through faith and faith. Faith and patience. It means you're positive. That means you believe it. You're persuaded. You expect it. And it means you keep doing it day in, day out, week after week, month after month. You set your face like flint. Amen. And you just don't quit till you have it. If it takes a year, then it takes a year. 
If it takes five, then it takes five. Did you hear me? But you get what you set out to get. Because you can. All things are possible to him or her that believes. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That means you can have it. You can do it. And you ain't got to see if you can break records and see if you can get it ahead of somebody else. Just don't quit. Just stay with it. Well, Brother Keith, I want to be blessed financially, but I'm, I'm so broke, I can't pay attention. Well, don't say that anymore. Not even one more time. And you know, Phyllis and I, we're blessed, not as blessed as I believe we will be financially. But we're so much better shape than we were 20 years ago. But it didn't happen overnight. Did you hear me? Our ministry is stronger and reaching more people. But it didn't happen in five years. Are you with me now? You got to stay with it. It's like I believe. Who is it? Brother John Osteen used to say. God don't pay up every Friday night. But he does pay up. Payday's coming. Right? You may not see it all in a month or six months or three years. Oh, but friend. Oh, but friend. Don't cast away your confidence. It has great recompense of reward. You have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you receive the promise. Here's the word of the Lord tonight. Now I'm getting to it. Turn to 1 John. That's right. Thank you, Lord. 1 John. 1 John 5. Wonderful, wonderful scripture right here. 1 John 5 and the fourth verse. 1 John 5 and 4. Whatsoever is born of God struggles in the world. Does what? Is this truth? Are you born of God? Then what do you do? Whatever, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. Is your flesh in this world? Yeah. Your finances in this world? Yeah. Are you supposed to overcome every challenge? Every trial, every test. You say, well, now, Brother Keith, you know, it's our valleys that help make us what we are, too. And there's got to be a little rain with the sunshine, and, and our defeats help define. Oh, hush. You ain't quoting scriptures, you're quoting unbelieving songs and unbelieving preachers. Unbelieving, supposed to be believers. Yeah. Mm-mm. No. No. I remember scripture like 2 Corinthians 2.14. We need to turn to it. I can quote it, but turn, turn. Hold your place here. Hold your place. Turn to it. Because some folk didn't care for what I just said. I love you, but I ain't taking it back. Second Corinthians. Now, there, now, you might think, well, why did you say that so strong? Because that stuff kills people. 
That stuff destroys people. That well, you gotta, you know, you you win some and and you lose some. That's the way the old ball bounces, and, and you just never know. Well, so what's wrong with that? Everything. There is no scripture in here that says you just never know. There's no scripture in here that says you win some and you lose some. You show me. You find it for me. No. This is what the Bible says. Second Corinthians. Two. <laughs> I'm kicking somebody's holy cow. I'm... <laughs> I'm not against you and I'm not mad at you. But friend, if you believe lies, it'll hold you down. It'll, it'll keep you from being blessed. This is part of what's been your problem for 40 years. Well, I just don't believe all that. Well, you'll just have to do without then. I'm sorry. But if you'll change, you can come up. You can be healed. You can be blessed. You can be free and you can get that scowl off your face and be happy for once. Get the victory. Dear Lord, life is too short to go through it with the mully grubs and sourpuss face. Jesus has already gotten us the victory. Hallelujah. And we are overcomers. Yes, we are. That's who we are. That's what we are. What do overcomers do? They come over stuff. Right? (laughs) Yeah, they do. 2 Corinthians 2. One of my most favorite scriptures here. Verse 14. What does it say? Now thanks be unto God, which often... Occasionally, according to the will of God, or does it say always? Does it really say always? Then then what about this win a few, lose a few? How How can that be so? How can that really be the will of God? He always causes us to triumph. What does triumph mean? What does triumph mean? Win or lose? Win. Win. Is there any way you can make triumph mean lose? Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Well, we triumph. You won to get. No, we lost. But we triumph. No, you didn't. You lost. When you triumph, you win. Amen. Thanks. Everybody, Everybody say it out loud. Thanks be unto God. Who always causes us to triumph. Always. Always. That means no matter what you're dealing with, you win this too. Right? That means if next year something bigger than you've ever had to deal with comes up, you win that too. Because always is always. And if ten years from now something happens that you never dreamed could happen and it seems utterly impossible, you win that too. Because always means always. How do you do it? You do it by grace. You do it through faith. And you do it through. I mean you just refuse to quit and back off until you have won. Right? Until you've overcome. 
You just don't quit till you've triumphed. Glory. This is working tonight. It's, it's happening. Now back to 1 John. <laughs> You're pretty bold, Brother Keith. Well, yeah, just hold on. It may be more. Jesus was very bold. Did you know that? Yeah. Very bold. Made some people glad. Made some people mad. But he was. 1 John 5, 4. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Let me ask you again. Is your flesh in this world? Money, finances, is it in this world? Any and every problem you're dealing with, it's, it's in this world. Yeah. Whatever's born of God overcomes the world. And, and how do you do it? And this is the victory that overcomes the world. What? Our Even our faith. Faith. That's why we talk so much about faith. That's why we got faith in big gold letters out on the front of the building. Faith. Because that's how you please God. That's how you receive from God. And that's how you overcome every trial. That's how you triumph again and again and again. But now you have to take the position of faith, which is the position of victory. I'm going to go over that slowly because it's going to have more meaning as we go. The position of faith is the what? The position of victory. And you must decide, am I a victor or am I a victim? Victor or victim? And let me read some things to you. Let me read to you the definition of a victim. What is a victim? You hear that word used a lot, don't you? A victim. Here's definition. Not my definition, dictionary definition. A victim is a person who gets the worst of every contest. That's a victim. Here, here are synonyms for victim. A victim is an underdog, an unfortunate, and also ran, a wretch. A victim is a casualty, a fatality. An injured party, a statistic. A victim is a sufferer, a victim is a loser. I think that last word just kind of sums it up, don't it? Because if you're unfortunate, also ran, it means you didn't win. Wretch, casualty, fatality, injured party. Now that covers all these hurt folks. You know what I mean by that? Hurt. They got deep hurts. Why are they victims? Well, you don't understand, Brother Keith. I was victimized. Was is the operative word here. Did you hear me? Just because you were victimized doesn't mean you have to be a victim today. And it makes all the difference because you cannot be a victim in faith. Did you hear me? You cannot be a victim 
in faith. If you see yourself as a victim, you're not in faith. And if you're not in faith, you are not overcoming. Because it is our faith that overcomes. Right? Say it out loud, I am not a victim. In the book of Genesis, you don't have to turn there, but Genesis 42 and 36. Genesis 42, 36. Jacob, you know, when he had lost Joseph and they came and brought him the bloody clothes and he thought he had died and, and years had passed. And then they took the young boy, uh, Benjamin, and then they said, he's going to have to stay, you know, in Egypt too. And he said, all these things are against me. That's what he cried out. All these things are against me. That perfectly describes the victim mentality. Everything's against me. Everybody's against me. All the devils are against me. The people are against me. Nobody will help me. You remember Elijah? When he was running from Jezebel? Got up under the juniper tree. He said, God, just kill me. Just put me out of my... I'm the only one left that's serving you. <laughs> he said, no, you're not. I got 2,000 people right where you are that have never bowed the knee to Baal. But what is that? Victim mentality. Listen to how victims talk. Victims are always complaining. Did you hear me? Now you may think I've digressed, but I haven't. Victims are always, there's three things I want to give you. They're always complaining. They're always blaming other people. And they're always making excuses. Why something is not happening. Let's say you're, you want to lose some weight. We've been using that over and over again. Somebody says, well, I don't want to use some weight. Well, I'm not talking to you then. Okay? Be cool. I said, if you want to, if you have a desire to. But you got a victim mentality. Well, I've tried everything, and I've done everything I know to do, and, and my family won't help me. They're sitting around eating Twinkies when I'm trying to diet. And, and uh, they bring in those fresh donuts, and I just can't stand to smell them. I'll have to eat a dozen. And... and, and my metabolism is just so slow, it's not fair. I mean, I inherited that from my mama, and, and she was always big, and grandma was big, and it just runs in our family, and you are a victim, and you are not in faith, and you will not overcome. Did you hear me? Well, Brother Keith, you just don't understand. I mean, I don't... I'm not a preacher like you and all these people know me. I mean, I don't have an education. I didn't even finish high school. and I don't know all these big moneyed preachers and I don't know anybody. Nobody walks up and hands me money. I mean, I work for what I got. And... <laughs> you are a victim. Victim of society. Victim of circumstances. Victim. Can't help it. Everything was against me. The cards were stacked. I didn't have a chance. I could have been a contender. 
Well, if you'd wake up, you still could be. I said, if you'd wake up, listen to me. The definition of a victim is a loser. How do losers talk? They complain. Did you hear me? Always complaining about something. Something's not right. Something somebody didn't do for me. and They didn't help me. And I didn't have this. And I didn't have that growing up. And I didn't have the other growing up. Nobody helped me. They're always blaming other people. Blaming other people. And then what else are they doing? Making excuses why it doesn't work. Well, now, you know, all that prosperity stuff might work, you know, where you come from. But here in southern Missouri, it don't work. (laughs) It don't work in Central Africa where people are out in the bush. If it's the Word of God, it has to work. Everywhere in the earth, every generation. Did you hear me? Or else it's not the Word of God. But it is the Word of God and it does work. I've seen it too many times. Nobody can convince me it doesn't work everywhere. I've seen it. I know where we came from. Amen. I know where we came from. Nobody can tell me. The Bible said he will take you out of the dung hill and set you with princes. Amen. There ain't no place too low that he can't get you and lift you up. But you got to quit being a victim. Did you hear me? Don't make another excuse for why you're broke, why you're overweight, why you got problems in your marriage. Don't make another excuse. Don't blame another person. Right? Don't do it. Instead, decide, I am not a victim. I am a victorious one. I am an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror. Through him that loved me and gave himself for me. Would you like to know what the definition of a victor is? Yeah, let me give you that. Because that's who we got in here, right? How many victims do I have? (laughs) Victims. Good. I don't see any victims. Thank God. Now let me read this and see if I got any victors in here. A victor, as you might imagine, is the exact opposite, is a person who succeeds in contest and competition. A victor is a conquistador. That means conqueror. Isn't that what we just got through, Rick? A victor is a what? Conquistador, a conqueror. A victim is a master. A victor is a winner. A victor is a champion. Mm, That sounds like what I've read in the Bible. That sounds like king of kings, lord of kings. Lords sounds like the devil's under our feet. Always triumph. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you a victim? No. Uh, you got anything to make excuses for? No. Complain about? No. Blame other people? No. no, not one thing. Not one thing. Why? Because I'm a victor. I'm an overcomer. I got something to shout about. 
I got something to give thanks to God about. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You know, in Numbers 13, when the spies had returned from looking, spying out the land, and they came back and they said, we can't do it. We can't do it. They're all bigger than us. I mean, they're so big. We're like little grasshoppers in their eyes. And they got these walls that walled up to heaven all around the city. There ain't no way. There ain't no way. Joshua and Caleb. Remember them? Remember them? They said, Caleb said, hush, hush. That's the Keith Moore translation. He said, let us go up at once and take it, possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Whoo! And the whole bunch made them so mad, they wanted to kill Caleb and Joshua. They said, you shut up. They're giants and, and we're not. That's like saying the devil is the devil and we're just human and we don't have it. See, excuses, excuses, and blaming other people. and mm. No, he said we can do it. We can do it. Come on, hush up that and come on with me. Let's go overcome it because God is with us. And their defense is departed from them. They'll be bread for us. You know what that means? Piece of cake. We can do it. That's how faith talks. I said, that's a, do you hear the difference? That's no excuses. No, no complaining. No blaming other people. Faith talks like that. We'll get it. We'll get it. Yeah, but you're 15 pounds heavier than you were when they started the How to Reach Your Physical Goal series. You look at them and go, well, I've been trying, but you don't understand it. My metabolism is not like yours. Then you'll never reach your goal. Hmm? Well, it's not fair. It's not the same for everybody. For some people, they can just eat anything they want to and just stay thin as a rail. And, and me, I just look at something and gain three pounds. Number one, that's one of the awfulest confessions I ever heard. <laughs> and number two, it just ain't true. I said it is not true. It's not true. Besides that... None of your business how somebody else is and how they live. That's not your deal. You got to deal with your flesh. Right? No. You say, well, I've gained 20 pounds since the how to reach your physical goal. Here's what you do. Are you a victim or are you a victor? How does a victor talk? I'll get it. Yeah, but it's been eight months. So? Yeah, but you're 30 pounds heavier. So? You watch. Read my lips. <laughs> I will do it. God will help me. We will get this thing. You're broker than you were when you started going to that rich church. I doubt that. That that would surprise me. But even if it didn't look and feel that way, it's a matter of the integrity of the word of God. And it's a matter of your conviction of faith. And you got to say, none of these things move me. I will get there. We will pay everything off. Yes, we will. Yeah, but you're further behind. I don't even want to hear that. Hush. We will do it. God is with us. Is that how faith talks? 
faith, and how does patience talk? It sounds exactly the same way next week. Right? And it sounds exactly the same way six months from now. Right? And if it takes it, it sounds exactly the same way three years from now. Right? We'll get it. We'll do it. Hide and watch. It's happening. And it will happen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go to Romans 8. Now I'll close with this. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Said out loud, I am not a victim. I am victorious. I am a champion. I am not a loser. I'm a winner. God makes me to win again and again. He always causes me to win. In Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you Romans 8? I think we'll close with this. I like this tonight. Don't you? Oh, glory. Now, now listen to me. Some of you are going to see some things clearer and stronger than you have before. And you're going to get around some other people and they're going to be whining and a griping and a complaining and a blaming other people and a making excuses. That don't mean you're supposed to straighten them out. Because <laughs> they weren't here and they didn't hear all this. Right? And I didn't tell you this on the second day I was with you. Right? Huh? <laughs> right? No, no. Now, if you can help them and they're open, maybe a little bit or something, you just, just be led. But this is for you to straighten up you. Yeah. Right? You might say, well, where's so-and-so? They should be here. They're, where are they ought to be in here? Well, you're here. Amen. The Lord's talking to you. Right? And me. Oh, friend, I, I'm excited in my spirit because there's some folk have been the victim for years. And if you'll make this adjustment, I'm telling you immediately, things will begin to change for you. Amen. If you'll just quit this whining and complaining and blaming and excuses, just quit it. You are not a victim. I mean, you don't know what all happened to me. I'm not, I'm not trying to make light of what happened to you. There have been some bad things happened to some, some awful things that should have never happened. But don't let that cripple you the rest of your life. Don't act like you don't have a healer. Don't act like you don't have a deliverer. Don't act like that that thing and that experience and that awful thing is bigger than God. It is not. I said it is not. Well, now, Brother Keith, I don't, you know... Uh, I want somebody to pray with me and help me to work through this. Well, you're not ready to quit being a victim. People use this. Did you hear me? They use it for pity. They use it to get out of stuff. Did you hear me? Don't want to do something so they have one of their lapses. Did you hear me? People use it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Say it out loud. No excuses. No blame shifting. What else? No complaints. Right? What you got to complain about? You saved. Right? 
You've got the Holy Spirit. You've got the name of Jesus. You've got faith for our family. you got, you, you got backed. we got you back. Right? We, we believe in this thing together. We already told you, we'll stay with you as long as it takes. No pressure. Just don't quit and don't whine to us. Right? No whiny babies. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Not everybody pastors like I do. I know that. <laughs> so I don't like your church. Well, that's why they have other churches. <laughs> You know, that's why there's more than one flavor of ice cream. Uh, Romans 8, are you there? (laughs) Romans 8. Glory to God. Oh, what a wonderful chapter this is, this whole passage of Scripture. Let me begin to read it to you. Romans 8, 31. He said, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I mean, that sounds downright sassy, don't it? (laughs) Who? (laughs) Who can be a... Well, you you know you got the devil arrayed against you. But the question is, who can be against you successfully? Who's bigger than God? Nobody. Nobody. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I'm telling you, if God the Father would give you Jesus, if he'd give you all the life's blood of the Lamb of God, then certainly he'd give you a car. He'd give you the strength to get your body the way you want it. He'd give you a nice place to, did you hear me? I mean, after Jesus, everything else is just way down the list. Small in comparison. He will freely give you all things. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Just sounds flat sassy, don't it? Shall tribulation? What's the answer? Uh Uh-uh. How about distress? No, sir. How about persecution? No. Famine? Uh-uh. Nakedness? No. Peril? No. Sword? No. What's too big? What can whoop us in God? What can overwhelm us and there's nothing we can do about it? Nothing, nothing, nothing is bigger than God. Right? Verse 37, what? Nay, what does that mean? No. 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 Not weight. Not diet. Not bills. Not gripey people around us. Not the messed up economy. Not goofy people on the TV. Nobody. Nothing. Not my sins. Not my past. Not my failures. Not my reputation. Not my lack of education. Not my lack of money. What can separate me from the love of God and the help and grace of the Lord Jesus? What can prevent me from victory and overcoming in Him? Nothing. 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 And what? No. In all these things, we are 
more than conquerors through him that loved us. We're going to be one day when we get to. No, no. We are. What does that mean? Didn't the Bible say in 1 John, as he is, so are we in this world. Is he overcome? Overcomer? Is he more than a conqueror? Has he defeated sin, stripped the devil, brought him to naught, said it is finished, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high in total victory? And who did he do that for? Not himself. He didn't need it himself. He did it for us. What does that mean? His overcoming is our overcoming. His victory is our victory. Oh, glory to God. Oh, say it out loud. His victory is my victory. Hallelujah. Say it again. His victory is my victory. I am a victor. I'm victorious. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Makes you want to shout. Makes you want to sing. Makes you want to dance. Because we are victorious. Victorious. I hope that rings in your spirit all night long. I'm victorious. I'm victorious. Don't be moved by what you see or don't see. Don't be moved by what you feel or don't feel. I am. I am. I am victorious. Yeah, but my temper. No, no. I'm victorious over my temper. Yeah, but my mouth. No, no. I'm, I'm victorious over my mouth. Amen. Not a victim. Victorious. Champion. Conquistador. More than a conqueror. Come on, lift up your hands. Let's just take a minute and praise God. Because we're more than a conqueror. More than conqueror, more than a conqueror. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.